Coming up today on The Fit Mess. My comfort zone was living in fear, but to break out of that was the best thing I could have ever been through. That's Lola Mormino. She's the inspiring 20-year-old founder of Lola's House, a private training facility near LA. Today, we'll talk to her about how someone so young has made an impressive impact on the fitness community, despite facing major health challenges literally from the day she was born. But first, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Zach. We've spent years pushing ourselves to learn more about our own physical, emotional, and mental health and picked up a few coaching certificates along the way. But really, we're two guys who got sick of our own shit and started making changes to be healthier, happier, and live more meaningful lives. And each week, we talk to world-class experts with advice to help you do the same. Zach, we talk a lot on the show about motivation and how it is something that you need to create. It is something that is a byproduct of just taking the action toward the goals and the things that you care about that you want to prioritize in your life. Inspiration, however, I think is something different. Sometimes you do need some outside source, something to just give you a kick in the ass and get you going in the right direction to do the thing that you care about. I think that's different than motivation, and I think it's easy to mix the two things up. Our guest today, Lola Mormino, I think her story may be that inspiration that someone out there needs to light that fire to really go after the thing that they care about. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I'm already like doing pretty well on the, you know, like physical fitness and eating and kind of the mindset stuff, but just in talking with her, I just was inspired by her story and how much she's accomplished, you know, despite all of the things that she's faced and there's more I could do, right. Like I, I was starting to feel like I was okay. I was good. This is all right. But you know what? There's always more I can do. Um, So it was actually even inspiring to me to, you know, just push a little bit harder to, to get one more thing done, to, to take a little bit more action. You know, one of the things that struck me when we were talking to her was like just living every day and enjoying that day, having my goals, having my things, but like, you know, it's just that day. So just like enjoy it to the fullest and do everything that you want to do. Even if you don't want to do it, do it anyway. And I know listening to an interview like this tends to have one of two effects on people. It either inspires you to take action and do that thing, or it makes you feel like crap for not having done the thing yet at whatever point you're at in your life. She's got some great advice for both of you, however you hear this interview, that will uh, inspire you nonetheless to find compassion and find a way forward. Because, because if she's overcome the things she's overcome, the rest of us can certainly take a page out of her book to accomplish our goals. As you're going to hear in the interview, eating the right things and fueling your body in the right way can have a meaningful change in the way you feel and your health, overall health. That's why I started taking athletic greens. I started taking athletic greens because I really needed to have a supplement that tasted great gave me all the things that I needed. And I didn't want to have to take 10 pills a day or spend all of my time cooking all the meals. I try and get my nutrients from food, but let's face it, we don't get everything we need every day from food. So Athletic Greens was a great solution for me. It tastes great. gives me everything I need for more energy, better gut health, optimized immune system. It has less than a gram of sugar and there's no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it actually does taste good. And for what you get, it's less than $3 a day. And right now is the time to incorporate better health. And Athletic Greens is a perfect start. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash fitmess. Again, 
That's athleticgreens.com slash fit mess to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That link will be on the show notes and it's plastered all over our website at thefitmess.com. Our guest today is Lola Mormino. She's a cancer survivor and that's literally where her health challenges start. What she's overcome since then has helped her become one of the youngest gym owners in the country. So we invited her on the show to share how she got to where she is today. The main reason why I have a gym right now and why I am a personal trainer is because I've grown up with a bunch of different health issues. For example, I was born with cancer. So from birth, I was, you know, working through things that some people might not experience in their lifetime. I've had hip surgery. That was at age 11, I believe. I've been paralyzed from the knees down for about three weeks. That was at age 10. I've had autoimmune diseases that range from, you know, passing out at any given moment to barely being able to get out of bed. That Those range from ages 7 to 15. And yeah, just really struggling with all different kinds of health obstacles and finding ways to work through them versus obviously just give up. Um, throughout those years, I also took up ice hockey. I'm from Chicago, so that's why it's, you know, I'm playing ice hockey, but Sure, sure. I started that at age 10, and that was right before I became paralyzed. So when I was 10, I was all in. I was, you know, like obsessed with the sport. I wanted to do nothing but play. And when, you know, my my issues with walking began, I was like, this is just, like, I have to, the doctor was like, you know, you're not going to be able to to walk again. We don't know when you're going to be able to. So when I hear that, I'm like, well, I just took up a sport that I'm in love with. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, just stop, stop playing? That's, that's not going to work. So throughout all these issues that I've had, I've learned how to, like I said, work through things and just not give up. And once I had healed from all of my health issues, I began training for the Olympics uh, in 2018. And the last health issue that I had was in twenty eight, the end of 2018. I was doing pretty well. And then this last thing hit me and everyone thought I wasn't going to make it through from the nurses to family to friends. It basically looked like I was dying. And it was just um, episodes ranging from eight minutes to 20 minutes a day of just, you know, losing basically all consciousness. So that had caused me to stop playing hockey because I was like, I have to get my health in check like it's not even enjoyable anymore for me to play because I can barely get through a game now so I had quit playing and just put all my focus on my health and there was one doctor that had found you know four pages worth of issues that I've had my whole life and you know every doctor had told me we could help you we're going to fix you and everything and then it clearly never happened and this one doctor was like I like I'll fix you and I'm like well I hear that time. So it was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I believe it when I see it. And he was right. So he gave me a bunch of different supplements and vitamins and, you know, a specific eating regimen. And that cured me from all of my health issues that I've had my whole life. So it was a surreal feeling. And I initially took it in a negative way because I was so used to living my life sick and I was used to playing hockey. So those were like the two personality traits that I had. And when I didn't have either of those, I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And so 
I went down a bad path just in regards to eating. I gained a lot of weight. I was pushing people away. I was just not, you know, depressed in simple terms. And I gained probably 30 pounds or so and not good weight, obviously. So in 2020, I was telling myself I want to set the intention this year to lose this weight and become healthy again physically and mentally because the place I was at, it wasn't getting me anywhere. And I fell in love with taking care of myself and learning about the body. And so I decided to become certified as a trainer. And in the book, it was really interesting because I had learned or read a lot of things that happened to me. For example, you know, they were talking about if there's pain in your knee, there, there could be another issue in your hip or your ankle. And I had bad knee pains. Nobody believed me that I had knee pains until they saw my hip was a problem. So I was like, this is really cool. This is why I'm learning what I'm learning because I can relate and then I can share that with other people. So I had became certified in 2020, uh, June of 2020, and just began doing house calls and bouncing back and forth to different people, online training. I worked at a gym for a couple months as well. And my personal business started taking off. So I decided to leave that gym and, you know, keep doing my house calls. But in 2020, I was not able to get to everyone because, you know, one person's all the way across to downtown LA and the other person's in the suburbs. So I'm like, I can't get to you. So I decided to open up a spot near me, just a private training gym. And it's right in the middle of everyone. So it's perfect for all of us because now we can all meet together. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I don't want to gloss over the first health health challenge, the one that you were born with. I mean, you literally were born uh, with cancer, correct? Yeah, it was the two and a half pound tumor attached to my tailbone. And I was born with it. Uh, it was stage four. And they were almost certain they were going to lose both my mom and I because she had to do an emergency C-section and everything. So it was from what I have been told, I don't remember it clearly, but it was very intense and scary for everyone to be there. And during that surgery, the removal surgery of the tumor and the tailbone, my, the IV in my vein had slipped out and went through um, my bloodstream. So it gave me three degree burns all up my arm. So it was just a whole mess. <laughs> now it's just, it's a small scar now. Here. Wow. But it used yeah. to be my whole forearm. So it shrunk, which I love my scars, but I... I'm curious as to what it would have looked like if it stayed that same length. I don't know how it, yeah. but miracles. <laughs> Clearly you, you don't remember it, but do you ever reflect back on like how you got through that? And did you take some of those, those reflections or lessons into some of your future things? Because I mean, you've gone through a lot and that, I mean, that takes a lot of resilience. So I'm just curious what your thought process was there. I definitely... Although I don't remember it because I was, a, you know, a day old, I definitely still had some traumas because I have scars all over my body that remind me every day that that's what I went through. It took a lot of changing my mentality towards it because I used to hate my scars and I was embarrassed and I thought I was weird looking and everything, but I also wouldn't be here. If I didn't have those scars. So it's like, you got to pick which one you want. <laughs> and I was not enjoying how I was making myself feel when I kept saying I look weird, this isn't normal. So it took a lot of 
therapy and, you know, family support and internal support to get to where I'm at with them. And I think that's why I find so much joy in helping others because I'm so at peace with myself that I can now fully listen to someone else and, you know, nine times out of 10, be able to relate to them. You mentioned the, the weight challenges and the support system that, that you had in place through that. And at one point you said something about just not giving up because that wasn't an option. Were there points in this journey where you did feel like, I can't, this is too much and, and I, I can't do this? Yeah, there was two, two pretty close points. One in middle school. So the one autoimmune disease was called vasovagal syncope. And that's the one that just causes you to pass out really at any given moment. If you see blood, if you get overheated, if you're stressed out, scared, shocked, you just pass out. And there was a period, I believe it was eighth grade, where I was passing out literally every night after dinner. And I was like, this is not even worse. Like, I try to do my homework and then I immediately just, you know, pass out in my dad's arms. And I'm like, this is not enjoyable, obviously. So I was like, clearly, I'm not able to work through this one because it's been every night. And I'm grateful because I had, I had and have such a great support system. So when I was having those thoughts, I was able to, you know, go to my family, go to people and tell them like, this is where I'm at mentally. And I know this isn't the place I want to be at, but I got to let you know. And then in 2018, when I thought I was not going to make it, you know, like my every day was like, I, this could be my last day. So I was enjoying my time with my family and, you know, my friends at the time were all the doctors. So being, being with them as much as I could. But when the doctor kept saying he couldn't find anything or he found something and it was a gray area, it was a rare case. Like we can't, we don't know what to do. I was like, this is like, this is a joke now. I can't, I'm, I'm done. So those two times from what I can remember were the most vivid memories of when I was close to giving up, but clearly not close enough because I was still able to work through it. And that's why now I'm so big on understanding and helping people that it's not so bad. Like it, everything can be worked through. It's not like just because you have an obstacle, you're not able to get through it. Like, and that's why there's support because people are people that care will definitely help you through it. So I've got two questions, like the resilience of getting through all of that, the mental bits that you had to put in place to just get up every day has, it's gotta be amazing. But you know, the other part that just really stood out to me was, was earlier on when, when you said, you know, that last doctor, he, you know, he healed me, he cured me and you said vitamins and food. You didn't say anything about medications or surgeries or anything like that. So like, Truly, was it that simple? Was it like just what you were feeding your body? Yep. Yeah, he was a an herbal doctor. And that was the, fr I was so skeptical because I was so used to going to traditional doctors, but they weren't doing what I wanted them to. And every time I had all of my things that I've been through were very extreme and not normal. So I, I respect and understand why it was so challenging for them. But when I went to this herbal doctor, I was like, my parents had found him and I was like, I don't know, we can go because it's not going to hurt, but I don't really, I don't really believe that this is going to fix me. And he did some, there's a point on your thumb that, you know, connects to your whole body. And he had put, I don't know what any of it's called, if I'm being honest, but he put something on my thumb and that just 
scanned my whole body and he had found, like I said, four pages worth of stuff. And he was like, I'm going to grab some stuff for you or I'm going to make some stuff for you. And I'm 90, I think he put 99% sure he's going to cure me. And I was like, that's a big, that's a big promise. So I was like, you must know what you're talking about. And uh, it took from December of 2018 to probably February for me to have, I was 100% healthy and I continued, I still take supplements and vitamins and obviously keep on my eating habits to this day. But with those specific supplements, it took till about then for me to get off of them and just get ones that can maintain. And the mental part, I was so used to living my life sick, like I said, I was unaware that getting out of bed shouldn't have been a struggle or taking a shower shouldn't have been a struggle. Mm -hmm. Like I thought when I was playing hockey, I was supposed to feel sick. You know, I was, that's what I knew. So in 2019, when I didn't have any of those uh, issues, health issues, I, that's when all the mental stuff hit me. And I was like, what, what is going on? Cause <laughs> I can get up out of bed and I can, you know, go outside without my parents having to be glued to my hip. Like, this is so weird for me. So 2019, that's why I was struggling so much because it just hit me like a truck. Like everything was so new for me. I was like, I feel like I'm, I told my dad, I don't know, in 2019, at some point I was like, I feel like, oh, at my birthday, like, I feel like this is the first birthday I've had because I'm, I'm not used to, you know, just enjoying mm. a day. So it was a very crazy year to say the least. So that's a lot of major health, mental and physical health challenges to overcome. And there's a lot of things that could have been learned from that or taken from that. And you decided to go into personal training. Why personal training and not holistic medicine or, or, or something along those lines? What was it about personal training that, that drove you to, to pursue as a way to help others? I feel that because I fell in love with working hard again and losing that weight, and maintaining and staying healthy for myself. It brought me so much joy internally, but also externally because, you know, you look healthy as well. So that was the main reason and understanding that, you know, they always say like trainers and hairstylists, they're also part-time therapists too. So I'm able to listen to people at the same time. So it's almost the best of both worlds for me because I can help them physically and you know, listen to them explain how they're feeling mentally as well. But you also opened up a gym too. And not only did you just open up a gym, you opened it up in the middle of COVID when like gyms were shut down. Can you tell, <laughs> tell me about that? Like, how did that work? I definitely have gained a mentality throughout my years of, like I said, just, you know, not giving up. And if I set my mind to something, I'll do it. And in 2021, my goal was to open a gym. I didn't know what month or when, but I just knew in 2021, that's when I wanted it to be. I had to get six more clients in my area before I opened up that spot. So within literally two and a half weeks, I got those six clients because I was so focused on doing it. And I had told my family, I was like, well, this is time. And usually my mom is like, I don't know, well, like, let's see, we have to see. But she was like, do it. You would be silly not to take it and take this opportunity because this spot that we had found 
was exactly what I envisioned. I had it written down, you know, I, I drew a picture. It looked exactly the way I wanted it to. And so there was construction that had to be done, but still I could see that it could work. And so, yeah, everyone was in full support. And I, with all the year or the, you know, the hard work of having my house calls and working at the gym and saving up money from growing up, that's why I was capable of, you know, getting this spot in the first place and also just trusting the process because you just have to have faith that if you truly believe and feel like something is going to work out in your favor, it will. So, and you have to put the work in, of course, but. That, that was something I was just going to ask you about because you were talking about setting goals and, and so often we read in, in various self-help books and here in podcasts that to accomplish your goals, you have to have a laser focus on whatever that one thing is and not let anything get in the way. It sounds like that was very much the case for you with this gym. I imagine that was something that you developed over the years. It, it, but you also talked about like imagining it, drawing it, like sort of manifesting it into reality. There is often confusion about that, about, you know, I'm just going to sit down and draw it and put it on my vision board and it's just magically going to fly in the window and happen for me. Right. That's not the case, right? Like it's got a, the work has to follow the vision. Is that right? Yeah. You, it's unfortunately not going to happen if you write it down and then you just sit and expect for something to happen. It's just not going to work. So, you know, you have to train your brain too, to learn how to stay disciplined and consistent and focused because especially at my age, I'm 20. So there's a lot of the generation right now is partying and having fun and that's great. Just know for me, my goals are super important and a party is not going to get me there, but taking an extra client would or meal prepping would, or, you know, it's just, you have to prioritize what's most important to you and what's going to benefit you in the long run. And yeah, as far as the manifestation, it's not just, you know, drawing a picture and waiting for it to happen. You got to figure out what your action plan is and how you're going to get there and then do it. <laughs> so I'm curious about, you know, motivation on your side. I know, you know, for me, and I imagine this happens, I have, you know, really high anxiety, but in moments when I, my anxiety goes away, like I have a lot of trouble motivating myself because that anxiety is part of my drive. Once you got your health situation under control, were, did you have any issues like with motivation or had, you know, like, did you have to like put forth the extra effort when you were sick to be motivated normally? And then when you got better, did you have trouble motivating yourself? Yes. It was twisted almost because when I was sick, I was fit, fit in a way, externally fit. Internally, I felt horrible, but I was still playing hockey. I was still doing things, going to school. And once I had stopped, I was just living in fear. Or once I became healthy, I was living in fear every single day. Like I didn't step foot in an ice rink because when I had my first episode in 2018, it was after a hockey game of mine. So I was like, I'm never stepping foot in an ice rink ever again. And I just woke up nervous if something was going to happen to me today or... I was just always living in a what if mindset and that's so unhealthy because, okay, but what if it doesn't happen? You know what I mean? Like you, there's just so many different ways to look at things and anxiety was definitely there as well. But 
I had to put a lot of work in. I still go to therapy to this day just to maintain where I'm at and learn because there's always something you can learn. But when I had first started going, it was it was a lot of work, you know, two times a week, just trying to break through the PTSD or trauma or hearing sirens and starting to cry. Like there, there were so many things that I had to fix in those moments. So yeah, definitely it was twisted, but I'm just thankful that I stayed consistent with it. You, you know, I had my support system kind of pushing me too to stay consistent with it because my comfort zone was living in fear. But to break out of that was the best thing I could have ever been through. Something you mentioned earlier, getting back to the, the fear of the ice rink, was the, the loss of identity, these things that you connected with. This is something we just talked about in our last episode as well. So I'm just curious for you how you sort of came to terms with the fact that you are not the things that you attach yourself to. And is that something you're still able to do now, even as, as the successful, you know, the, the, the story we're telling is of this 20 year old successful, you know, unlikely, uh, survivor of incredible health challenges. That's a huge piece of identity to hold on to. And, and, and you're now talking to shows like ours about, about this story. Are you able to keep that lesson and, and just realize like this too might slip away and, and I might be something else someday? Yes. I, I love what I do. I am not, I'm like, I'm Lola and I'm not a gym owner. I'm, you know, it's, you can do whatever you want, but you're still you at the end of the day. So, and you have to live with that. So there's so much more to offer than just owning a gym or being athletic or fit or the list can go on. I just think that, yeah, like you said, if, if by chance my route turns somewhere else, not saying it would, but you never know what, you know, am I going to freak out because I don't have something that I identified myself as for five years? That's just not, that's, that's not healthy either. Cause you're, you're enough just being you, you don't have to grab onto health or fitness or whatever your profession is just to feel like you're worth something. So. Yeah. I, and another thing you mentioned earlier that I'm just kind of circling back to is you mentioned hairstylists and trainers are, you know, part-time therapists. Do you feel like people gravitate towards you with issues because, you know, not because you are a doctor or anything like that, but because you've been through a struggle that they're going through and it resonates. Do you get a lot of clients like that? Totally. And I love it. I absolutely, that's honestly one of my favorite parts about training is to be able to hear other people's perspective and what they're going through. And I have clients from ages, you know, nine years old to 70 years old, and they all feel comfortable enough to have me listen to them because I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting down, they're sitting on a couch and I'm sitting on the chair, like, now talk to me. It's a very comfortable environment. There's music playing and I'm a very outgoing, goofy person, lighthearted person. So I'm not going to, you know, oh, poor baby. Like I'm going to I'm right. listen and then, you know, give my two cents if I can. And it's just a very genuine, comfortable conversation. So I think that that doesn't give them that pressure of like, I have to open up to her. Like you don't have to, you don't have to talk the whole session if you don't want to, but they do know that I'm here to listen and that's what I love. So mm. how important is that for, do you think for your clients and for yourself to have that vulnerability and really open up those, those inner struggles, uh, you know, e maybe even more so than 
oh, I'm, I'm trying to get stronger and it's not working or my nutrition is not dialed in, something like that. How important is just like really opening up and letting out all that inside stuff? It's really important. Honestly, health and fitness is ni- 90% of it is mental. And I have had trainers in the past or coaches in the past that were very surface and, you know, didn't ask anything about me personally, how my day was, how I'm doing. And it didn't click with me. I didn't hurt my feelings or anything like that. But when I had trainers that did care genuinely like that, I was like, this feels nice. So to be able to give that to other people, I think that it a makes them want to come back because they understand the space. It's usually just one-on-ones. The gym is about a thousand square feet. So there can be more than two people in there at a time, but usually people like to book one-on-one. So yeah, it just, it gives them opportunity to want to come back and feel like they're able to. I always say to all my people, like, it's never, the second you step into the gym, it's no judgment. You can tell me anything you want, like, just go for it. I'm ready to listen. And that's how I keep it because to live in judgment, everyone has their stuff. Everyone's going through something you don't know. A lot of people didn't know in the moment what I was doing with my best friend at the time. I just reconnected with her this year. And I was talking to her about all of my health stuff. That's why we had drifted apart. And she was like, I knew none of this. So you just don't know what people are going through. So you just have to move with compassion and try and put yourself in other people's shoes. And I think that's why, like I said, people gravitate and want to come back just because it's comfort. So sort of along those lines, let me ask you this question. And this is something I usually ask any of our guests that has overcome some major thing, especially at 20 years old and, and the many younger ages that you overcame major challenges. I know this has happened to me. I hear from people that this is the case that people can hear a story like yours to have overcome incredible odds and come out successful and a leader in, in your community and all of that. I think it can have one of two effects for the listener, depending on who they are. One is man, that's inspiring. I'm going to get off my ass and I'm going to do something about that thing I've been putting off forever and I'm going to finally go after it. The other way it can be heard is, man, what a piece of crap I am. I still can't, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the thing is they're trying to do. So what, uh, I guess, what would you say to those two listeners, the one who's hearing this going, man, I'm fired up. I can't wait. I'm going to get ready to go. And the one who's going, oh man, what have I done with my life? What, what would you say to those two people? I feel for the people that feel motivated just go at your own pace. And although I moved pretty fast, that doesn't mean that everyone's moving fast. So yeah, just do what's most comfortable for you. And I'm grateful that I motivated people because that's my goal in the end is to help others feel motivated. But, and then also the people that, you know, don't feel like this benefited them. I'm the first to say that I still go through stuff. A lot, lots of- I bet, I bet. The last, I probably cried this morning. So I I mean, we all, we all go through things. And although social media portrays such a perfect face, everyone does. I mean, it's hard not to, because why would you want to post yourself crying or not perfect? Everyone, everyone does it. And I've worked on understanding that myself because I look at people that are doing better than me and I'm like, oh, like I have to do more. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But we also don't know what this person might be going through. So everyone's got their stuff. And I guess they both go hand in hand. You just have to go at your own pace. And when you feel comfortable and ready, 
that's when you start taking that action. But until then, just just understand and accept where you're at at this moment. That's great advice. For more great advice uh, like that and to learn more about you and your gym and all the things you're up to, where can we find out more about you online? I have a website. So it's my first and last name, lolamorminofitness.com. I have an Instagram. Uh, my personal one is lola.wormino. My gym Instagram is lola's two underscores house. And my phone number and my email, they're both on the website. So you can really anywhere, like I'm, I'm out there. So you can definitely, you can see me on the, on social media for sure. Our thanks to Lola Mormino. She is the founder of Lola's house. It's a private training facility near LA. You can find links to her and her work in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. One of the key takeaways for me and, and I hope for you is that when it comes to goals, it can't just be like a list that you write down and, and hang on the wall and, and look at occasionally. It has to be something that you are laser focused on, that you do not let anything get in the way of because it's so easy to get distracted by all kinds of shiny objects, but you have to just laser focus on that thing. If it's important enough to you, it will help you develop the discipline to say no to the things that don't help you accomplish whatever that goal is. And second is motivation. Whatever those goals are, you're going to have obstacles, right? Whenever there's something in my way that I need to get through, that's when I need to push harder. And that's when I actually want to push harder. And I think that was one of the many lessons that Lola learned in her life and all those struggles is that she really learned so many valuable life lessons in overcoming all those uh, major health challenges. Uh, and finally, I just want to encourage you to, to create or find a support system, find a trainer, a coach, a friend, a therapist, someone you can open up to and, and share your mess with, share the struggle, because that's, it's, it's just such a lonely road to go down when you pursue any of this stuff. When you're trying to get well mentally, physically, when you're trying to heal, it is just such a lonely road and you can feel so isolated and feel like nobody goes through this. But I guarantee anyone who's done this has probably felt exactly like you. And so having a place to unload a lot of that and to hear feedback and, and to learn from people that have gone before you, there's just so much healing that can be done there in, in a support group. So I can't recommend enough trying to find a community of like-minded people to, to share that struggle with because it will help you get there faster. Well, and on top of that too, a lot of these things that we want to do for ourselves, like some of them are really complicated and taking them all on can be really overwhelming. So finding people who are experts in their fields to help you, to explain things to you, to, I mean, honestly, I go to the gym I go to because I show up, they tell me what to do. I do it. And then I leave. I don't have to think about it at all. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just need to do what the person's telling you to do. Then you can understand it later. And sometimes you need a place where you can be vulnerable and just share that pain because carrying it around is not good for you either. It's, it's, got, it's just energy that's got to move out of your body and it's got to find a place to land. Uh, no, 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 no. My pain has frequent, frequent flyer miles, man. I travel with that everywhere. <laughs> the bags are big and they're heavy. Yeah. 17,000 free check bags on this one. <laughs> All right. Well, pack your bags and don't let the conversation end there. Join us on our Facebook group where you and fellow FitMess listeners can connect for monthly challenges, accountability to reach your goals, and a connection with others who are on a similar journey. That link is also at our website, thefitmess.com, where we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. 
See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.